Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Roots-based Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. Pull up a chair while I take a deeper dive into concerns for the team's present and future. Questions are always welcomed, whether on Twitter, Tim815 on the Anchor Contest Line, or on my Facebook Pre-Arb Excellence group. Thanks for stopping by for today's episode opening day in mid-February, and ask me questions if I was confusing. Opening day in mid-February, what could you possibly be referring to? Opening day isn't in mid-February, it's either in late March or early April, or maybe in July, or maybe in late September, We have no idea when opening day is going to be because it's completely impossible for us to know when opening day is going to be because all of baseball is Major League Baseball. (laughs) No, really not. Um, Today, while I was listening to something else, Major League Baseball dropped their top 100 draft prospects for the 2022 draft. I was going to say June, but then I was going to say July, but then I remember I have no idea when the draft is going to be. Nobody has any idea. Everything's going to be negotiated out in the CBA. We don't know when the Cubs are drafting outside of the first round. We don't know what the rules are. We don't know what the... We don't know anything. We don't know anything. The important thing will be for the scouts to go out and properly assess the talent, properly interview the players and know all the kind of stuff and all that kind of happy, happy stuff. But we do know when opening day will be. The third Friday in February, Division I schools will be at it. Will be at it. As I look at the top prospects on the list. There are honestly two names I'm really not familiar with. And I'm going to define familiar with. Seems like a silly term to define, doesn't it? Because everybody knows what familiar with means, right? Everybody knows what familiar with means. You hung around them, you know some things about them, you're... You know... You know, you're familiar with them. Except different people have different definitions of familiar. Different people have different definitions of familiar. For instance, let's say you are a college baseball fan who bases your information on, I saw this snippet, this highlight, I read this 2200-word article on the player, I've seen a couple of podcasts, or seen a couple of podcasts, heard a couple of podcasts, caught a couple of interviews, da 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 etc. I've heard enough about this player from people that I respect, that I admire, that I believe, that I trust. I'm good with them. I've seen a guy, you know, I, 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 I've seen enough information. I've heard enough information I'm completely good with saying, yeah, I, 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 I'm good 
with putting this person at the top of my board. Totally good with it. As I look at the top of the board, I see a lot of players that I'm not even remotely familiar with. I'm not familiar with Brooks Lee. High school players I'm really not familiar with. Not familiar with Brock Jones, an outfielder from Stanford, who's at seven on this list. He's not in my top 12, which doesn't mean that my list is right and their list is wrong. It just means that Brock Jones, an outfielder from Stanford, MLB has more players rated behind him than I do. I'm going to go down the list. I'm going to go down the list. We got a couple minutes. Andrew Jones, Tamar Johnson, Elijah Green, all high schoolers. Not, not really familiar with them. Jacob Berry, he hits the heck out of the ball. Um, Louisiana State, first baseman, third baseman. I'm not sure where he is. Switch hitter, uh, which helps. Brooks Lee, shortstop, Cal Poly, switch hitter, which helps. Jace Young from Texas Tech. I'm actually familiar with him. I'm not gonna define I'm not gonna tell you what that means yet. Brock Jones, not really familiar with him. Gavin Cross is number 10. Really not very familiar with him. Uh Robert Moore, I'm familiar with him. Arkansas. Peyton Paulette, fairly familiar with him. Blake Tidwell, fairly familiar with him. So what what may what makes Tim familiar with a player what makes tim familiar with a player i gotta watch him play or hear him play if i watch a guy play enough times i'm familiar with him if i hear him play enough times i'm familiar with him if i haven't seen him play if i haven't heard him play if i haven't heard hometown announcer or oppo announcer or anything i got nothing Absolutely nothing. Blade Tidwell from Tennessee. 6'4 right-hander. Pitched quite well for the Volunteers. I like to listen to his games. I like to listen to his games. John Wilkinson. Oh, oh boy. It's either John Wilkinson or John Wilkerson. I think it's John Wilkerson. And I'm getting that wrong. If he was... John, I'm sorry. It's been a while that I've looked at your name on Twitter. Um, announcer. For the Vols baseball um, does a very good job, even though I can't remember what his name is right now. Slap my wrist. Um, I listened to him play. I'm familiar with Blade Tidwell, Gavin Cross, Virginia Tech. I think I've listened to a couple of Virginia Tech games, but my Gavin Cross antenna was not up, was not even remotely up. I was not being told. Oh, by the way, Tim, this Gavin Cross guy. Pay attention to him for next year because he's going to be really good. I wasn't paying attention to Gavin Cross. I just wasn't. I just wasn't. If I had Stanford games going back in Nico Horner's year, I probably should have been paying closer attention to Nico Horner, but I didn't have my Nico Horner antenna up. If I don't have my antenna up... I'm not paying close attention. I'm not listening for, there will be a test on this soon. And if I'm not, if I'm not aware, if I'm not paying attention, if I'm not 
actively listening for some specific thing, when that some specific thing happens, I might miss it. If I'm not listening to a game, guys playing it, listen more than watch, mostly. Because if I'm listening to a game, even if I'm not watching it, what's the count? Is the count three and one? Or is the count one and two? As he fouled off a pitch down the center and swung it one in the dirt. Looked at one right over the center of the plate. Popped one foul. What's the count? Is it three and one or is it one and two? That's what I'm listening for. Is this guy in control? Is he hitting the ball hard? I don't necessarily need someone to tell me 98 mile per hour exit velocity. I've heard the sound before. I've heard the sound before. Guy makes solid contact. Bang! That's the sound. That's the sound this guy can hit. Oppo radio. Another double. Drives in two more runs. That tells me I'm tired of this guy kicking our butt. I've had that feeling before. You know, Albert Pujols. Would somebody please get this guy out? I've heard that noise before. There have been a couple of Cubs pipeline teams where right toward the end of the season, you have the announcer for the other team. And by about the, you know, this this is back in the day when there was the three and four game series. Series. Get to the, you know, sixth inning of the third game of the three game series. And like back when Kane County was really good or when South Bend was really good. Wh- whichever team it is. Whichever team it is. It really doesn't matter. You get to the sixth or the seventh inning of the third game. And you can hear the opposing announcer drinking bourbon because he's tired of watching his team get their butt kicked. You've heard it. Harry Carey's been there before. Jack Brickhouse was there before. Len Casper's been there before. Everybody gets there. Jeez. We're down 11 to 2 now. We've all been there. When you have that guy that's hitting, you don't necessarily need someone telling you, this guy hit it 101 off the bat. If you hear the noise, if you hear the noise, he hit it. It doesn't even have to go out. It doesn't even have to go out. You get a situation where you get a kid who's like 20, 21. He crushes the ball to right center field from the right-hand batter's box. He just mauls the baseball. Just so happens the wind is blowing in, and he hits it to the track a half step short of the wall. 
I'm good with that. That's fine. That's fine. He did his job. That's going to pay off eventually. Not today. Maybe not tomorrow. If you're listening closely enough, you can tell if a player can hit the ball. Similarly, if you're watching or listening to a pitcher, is he three and one or one and two? Eleven pitch inning. No sweat. No worries. No problem. Guy singled the left. Pop up. Rounder to short. Flip to second. Relay. Step late. Routine fly ball to the left. No worries. Quiet inning. No worries. Not a bother. Those are the innings that when I was working third shift, I would be listening to a game. Starts at 1 in the afternoon or maybe 3 in the afternoon. I'm listening to this game because I'm assessing the pitcher that's on the mound. So, Tim, how did that pitcher do? People didn't necessarily ask me, but, Tim, how did that pitcher do? Oh, he was great. I slept through the whole game. Well, how can you tell? If he was ball one, ball two, and he almost hit the catcher in the face, and ball short hops, the umpire hits him in the man parts, seven wild pitch. I don't sleep to that. What I sleep to is strike one, strike two, pop to the third baseman, ball one, strike one, fly to the left. Then by the third inning, team, there's no point in taking pitches. You're, you're just going to be down 0-2. You might as well swing the bat. Teams know that. Opening day, third Friday in February for Division I baseball. And what starts happening as that day approaches is I start to do a little bit of homework. I start to do a little bit of homework. I have a little map program now. Ran into it today, and uh, it, it's, it's seven parts fantastic and two parts annoying as hell. Uh, um, but both of them are absolutely completely that. But I have a map of basically, I think about 80 baseball players, college, high school, whichever, where they're at. High school, high school's tagged in. All that. It's all under control. IMG Academy, they've got a star. Tennessee Volunteers, they've got a star. Vanderbilt, they've got a star. UT Austin, they've got a star. Everybody, everybody, Louisville, they got a star. Orchard Lake St. Mary's in Michigan, Brock Porter's school, they got a star. Arkansas, they got a star. Georgia Tech, guess what? They got a star. They all got a star. So does James Madison. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I heard you. I the, the three or four of you that said, what the hell is James Madison? James Madison's a school. 
Virginia, somewhere. I think it's Virginia. Normally, they're not that much of an athletic school. I seem to remember in one of the North Carolina seasons that Michael Jordan played for North Carolina. North Carolina kicked the snot out of James Madison in the tournament. Like about a 16, 18-point win. They should have toasted them from the start, but it's kind of eh, 10, 12 points to the half, and you know they hung in, but eventually MJ and crew pulled it, you know, stretched it out a bit. But James Madison usually not that good of a bit, uh, of an anything school. Football, basketball, hockey. I don't know. Maybe they're good in like lacrosse or field hockey. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they have a roller derby team. I I don't know. But James Madison's got a ball player this year. Chase DeLauder. Chase DeLauder is an outfielder. As I remember, he's a right fielder, pure, honest, true, legitimate right fielder. Not a center fielder, but a right fielder. And I'm not familiar with Chase DeLauder. I'm not familiar with Chase DeLauder. As names start popping across the screen, Chase DeLauder, I got nothing. I, I, I've seen, here's this video, wow, that's a nice looking swing, that's some nice distance on that, yeah, that's a pretty good shot, 6'4", there's some, uh, there's some length in that swing, if he makes contact. Chase DeLauder, not familiar with him. As I remember, James Madison last year did not have a tune-in app for their baseball team. James Madison does not necessarily play a busy, hectic schedule against a whole bunch of top 50 teams. So when James Madison plays someone on a Friday, on a Saturday. I'm not getting the James Madison feed. And if the team they're playing, if the team they're playing doesn't have a tune-in app, doesn't have coverage of their games on a free audio stream, I'm not getting that coverage either. So, for me, since familiarity with a player is how many games have I listened to by him? If I've never heard the guy play, I got nothing. I have absolutely nothing. You get that box from the store, you get it home, there's nothing in it, that's what I got. I got nothing. Until I hear games of Chase DeLauder, I got nothing. Really, I got nothing. And he's eighth on the board. He's eighth on the board, and there's a whole lot of Cubs fans that are saying Chase DeLauder ought to be the guy, or Gavin Cross ought to be the guy. I'm not familiar with either one of them. I'm really not that familiar with Brooks Lee either. Peyton Paulette, I'm familiar with. Carter Young, shortstop from Vanderbilt, I'm familiar with him. Jace Young, I'm familiar with. DeLauder, nah. Brooks Lee, nah. 
whole bunch of the guys. Nah, not even. Opening day. Why did I mention opening day when I'm talking about Chase the Lauder? Why do I talk about opening day when I'm talking about Chase the Lauder? Today, 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 as I almost cut into a Chantel Kravichok song. Today, I looked at the schedule for James Madison. I don't know when they posted their schedule. Some teams do it in November. Some teams do it in December. Some teams don't do it until January. Some teams slide it out in February. I don't know, whatever. But uh, James Madison, hey, they have a schedule out today, tonight, check. Oh, they got a schedule out. Cool, let's see. Who are they playing early in the season? Opening weekend, James Madison at Florida State in Tallahassee. Two things. Two things to mind. One, Florida State has the TuneIn app. I can listen to the Florida State announcers calling a Chase DeLauder game. I get to hear, how did Chase DeLauder do? When I do my first uh, draft prep after the first game of the season, first weekend of the season. I'm gonna have some Chase DeLauder stuff. Why? Because Chase DeLauder is gonna play in a game that I can actually follow, that I can actually listen to. And since it's in Florida State, weather might be okay. You know, it, it, it's not gonna be, uh, you can never tell with the weather in February but you're certainly more likely to have decent weather in Florida than, I don't know, Oklahoma? Indiana? Possibly even Virginia? Chase DeLauder against Florida State. Now here, here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. Chase DeLauder against Florida State I'm looking at the MLB prospects list. Remember that I was talking about the prospect list, top 100? I scrolled down a bit. Chase DeLauder's up at 8. Now, let's see, 45, Judd Fabian, Florida. 46, Nolan McLean, Oklahoma State. No idea who he is. I'll probably listen to some Oklahoma State games because I got to hear Oklahoma play him anyway. Jared McKenzie, outfielder from Baylor. 47, 48, Parker Messick. Wait a minute. Parker Messick, left-handed pitcher, Florida State. Whoa. Left-handed pitcher against left-handed hitting Chase DeLauder. To me, that kind of sounds like a challenge, doesn't it? Doesn't it? If Parker Messick does really well against Chase DeLauder, Tip the cap to Parker Messick. If Chase DeLauder beats the snot out of Parker Messick, you tip your cap to Chase DeLauder. See how that works? Hey, let, let, let's keep looking on the list. Okay, we got 47, 
Jared McKenzie Baylor, 48, Parker Messick, Florida State, 49, Bryce Hubbard, Florida State. Whoa, 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 whoa. 48 and 49 are both left-handed pitchers from Florida State that are probably going to be pitching against Chase DeLauder the first weekend? Really, y'all don't need me. Really, y'all don't need me. Maybe you want to go watch on one of the Bristol channels. ESPN, whatever. Parker Messick, Bryce Hubbard, two. Hey, those two guys are going to be guys that you're going to be talking about for the Cubs in the second round. I haven't done the research on them. I really haven't. I've seen him pitch before. I'm kind of familiar with him. I recognize the name as soon as I saw him. Parker Messick, Bryce Hubbard. They will be in discussion for the Cubs' second round pick. Period. That's not a question. Parker Messick and Bryce Hubbard will be prioritized by the Cubs' front office from the top down. Three regional, uh, the, was it three regional cross checkers and four national cross checkers, or is it the other way around? Whichever way it is, cross checkers, they're going to be watching Messick, they're going to be watching Hubbard. Everybody and their grandmother ought to be at the Florida State James Madison games on Friday and Saturday, the first weekend, because at those games, people will get to assess Chase DeLauder against Parker Messick and Bryce Hubbard. That is information. Opening weekend. Opening weekend, I will no longer be unfamiliar with Chase DeLauder. Why? Because I will have seen his 6'4", 240-pound person going at Parker Messick and Bryce Hubbard, if they're healthy, in a live game with actual announcers. Actual announcers saying, either we can't get the water out, or... Messick and Hubbard have really kept DeLauder off balance with their breaking stuff. Or something like that. There will be information to be learned. You might be interested in that information. You might not be interested in that information. Some people really, 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 really are infatuated with watching videotape. And that's cool. That's great. That's wonderful. That's lovely. That's adorable. That's fantastic. And it's educational. For me, I want to hear a game. I want to hear a game because when I'm hearing a game, I don't know what already happened. I'm listening to the game as it develops. It's not a case of Hey, 
Look at this shot that Chase DeLauder just hit. Chase DeLauder hit a shot. Hey, that's cool. That's great. That's fantastic. But I kind of like to be listening to the game as he hits it. Because if he's hitting a shot off of Parker Messick or Bryce Hubbard, Chase DeLauder nudges himself up my list. I have 12 names on my list. And there is absolutely no order on it. None whatsoever. Right now, there's really no reason to. There is no reason for me to have any order on any of these players yet. Telling somebody tonight that Andrew Jones is my Cubs top pick. Until he's off the board. Somebody said, well, they'll take one or two names. <laughs> so yeah, you're probably right. But until that happens, he's still number one on, one or two on my list. Right? He's still number one on my list until he's off. Uh, uh, but Chase DeLauder, should he be the Cubs selection? Can you tell by watching him on a selected um, chosen video? Here's a double. Watch this double. See how he hits this double. How do you do his other at-bats? How do you look up against Messick? How do you look against Hubbard? They're both really good left-handers. They're both kind of crafty. They know how to pitch. They've been pitching quite well, quite successfully for quite a while in the Atlantic Coast Conference. How's DeLauder going to do against them? I've talked I think it's on a podcast maybe it's just written about how much I enjoy East Carolina games East Carolina games are fantastic for me East Carolina games are fantastic for me because East Carolina jumps early East Carolina games are obscenely early on Fridays ACC games, a lot of times they jump at like three, like a Boston College. They'll usually start their games at three. Duke, probably going to start their games at six. Florida State's going to start their games at six. Vanderbilt's going to start their games at six or seven. Uh, Tennessee's going to start their games at six or seven. You get the West Coast teams, Cal Poly. They're going to start at 9, 9.30. UCLA is going to start at 9, 9.30. Oregon, Oregon State, they've got their own world. They've got their own universe. They, I, I, I think they decide when they're going to have their game start. They, they, they like decide a day of the game or something. It, it, it never seems to make sense. You think they're West Coast. They want to play at 8 or 9. Oh, no, we're going to start today at 5. Why, Why are you starting at 5? What a dumb time for a West Coast team. After a while, you get used to stuff, and you know when teams generally start. And the bigger schools usually like to have their games at night. Yeah, like a um, Mississippi State champions, Starkville, Stark Vegas. Their first, their Friday night game is going to be at six six thirty, six six thirty seven, something like that. You know. Because everybody's going to do whatever they're going to do. And then they're going to head out to the field. 
They're going to bring their steak. Everybody's going to camp out. They're going to um, tailgate. They're going to have an adult beverage or two, head inside, have another adult beverage or two, and enjoy the heck out of the game. And the game will start about 7 o'clock. East Carolina, you're going to start at noon. Noon, maybe 1, maybe 11, somewhere around there. They're really not all that interested in having a 7 o'clock game in Greenville, North Carolina. They're just not. They play early. So when I'm listening to Carson Wisenhunt pitch for East Carolina, that's a noon game. Noon game, maybe 11. And the teams that East Carolina is going to play on the road, at home, at home, they decide when it starts. They decide when it starts. Starts at 11, starts at noon, starts at 1, starts something like that. They go play Cincinnati. They go play Tulane. Whoever it is they're playing, usually most East Carolina games jump at noon or so. I can listen to Carson Wisenhunt pitch at noon. Undeterred. I don't have to worry. But when Florida State jumps on Friday, for the third Friday of February. That's going to start at 6. That's going to start at 6. That's what my computer told me. I can't remember if that's 6 Eastern or 6 Central. I got a couple weeks, got a couple months to figure that one out. But um, opening night, opening weekend, Parker Messick and Bryce Hubbard against Chase DeLauder. If you want information bounced off of you so that you have information to sort so you get to decide do I like Chase DeLauter more or do I like Parker Messick more or do I like Bryce Hubbard more? Do I prefer Parker Messick with the second round pick or do I prefer Bryce Hubbard with the second round pick? That is best assessed with additional information. Additional information that comes from playing quality opponents. Sometimes the first weekend of the year, you're really not going to get quality opposition. I was looking at one school, Abilene Christian. I noticed one of their players made my list, and I have a star on my map for Abilene Christian. I was looking at Abilene Christian, Texas school, Division One, not even remotely close to being a major baseball factory, but they are Division One. I. I was noticing their schedule was rather interesting in that they are having a number of northern schools come down to play Abilene Christian on the early weekends, which is actually really smart because Abilene Christian, hey, you want to come down here and play some? Sure, why not? Because not only do, I think one of the teams is a Big Ten school, like a Michigan State guessing. 
one was actually Tennessee does a bit of that too this year. I seem to remember between Abilene Christian and Tennessee, one of them plays like Iona the second week. No, not Iowa, Iona with an N, not a W. Um, sometimes it's really nice to be a Southern or Southern-ish school and invite Northern schools down who really haven't played that much in the off season because they're from the North. You can possibly pocket some easy victories. But Florida State is playing James Madison. Florida State is playing James Madison the first weekend of the season. Parker Messick, Bryce Hubbard against Chase DeLauder. You can guess what you think is going to happen. You can say, based on this video and that video and the other thing and this thing that I heard, and there's that rumor and there's that article and there's that 2,200-word article. And that the reality is, I want to see what they do. How does DeLauder, a left-handed power hitter, do against Hubbard and do against Messick? Who's the Friday guy? Is it Hubbard or is it Messick? Maybe they have another guy that's a Friday guy. Maybe those are the Saturday and Sunday. I, I don't even know. Probably going to be those two on Friday and Saturday. Probably ought to be. You get two good left-handed pitchers against Chase DeLauder, a left-handed hitter for James Madison. There's going to be some learning going on. You know how you're going to be able to tell? If you are watching the game, or if you are listening to the game, the announcers... They're going to talk about, oh boy, they brought, they brought the radar guns tonight. They brought the radar guns tonight. They are checking out Parker Messick. They are checking out Bryce Hubbard against Chase DeLauder. All this other stuff, all this other stuff. Ooh, there's this one video, Chase DeLauder doing this against, well, who's the guy he's hitting? I don't know, but he hit really far. Yeah, it's pretty nice. How's he going to do against Hubbard? How's he going to do against Messick? How's Messick going to do against DeLauder? How's Hubbard going to do against DeLauder? Show me a compelling matchup. A compelling matchup where I will learn something. That's how I become familiar with players. If I listen to an entire game or most of a three-game series, heck, maybe by, you know, sixth or seventh inning, a couple of the games, oh, okay, I pretty much learned all I'm going to learn. Uh, Hubbard did pretty well, came out, and da-da-da, you know, seven-to-one game, whatever. I want to learn what I can learn while a game is compelling. And then, if the game ceases to be compelling, Cal Poly's playing somebody too. Arkansas is playing somebody too. Texas Tech playing somebody too. Compelling college baseball games are fantastic for me because I'm not cheering for this team or that team. I'm trying to assess the talent on the field. From my couch with my ears. 
Y'all can do it however you want. Or you can wait until the draft happens and say, well, I like this guy because the Cubs drafted him. I'm not going to like a guy because the Cubs draft him. I'm looking at this list of 12 guys. I'm guessing by the time the draft comes, these 12 guys, I'll probably like at least 10 of them. And if one of them ends up going like the Cardinals, I'm still going to like them. I'm still going to like them. But the Lauder against Florida State, that's compelling. At least for me. Thanks for stopping by Pre-Arp Excellence. I'll have another podcast up soon as circumstances warrant. I'll attempt to have that worth your while as well. Be safe, Go Cubs Go, and be nice to people.